This is Let's See What Happens, a free-form discussion to talk about anything and everything. If you don't want to be offended, don't listen. If you do want to be offended, there's a good chance you will be. I hope you like this one. Let's see what happens. Um, so, I don't know where we were at. What, do, what were we talking about? You said start this talking fucking... Talking about how you were told by a boss... Oh, yeah. ...that the, he wanted to take the test. Take yeah. the test for supervisor. Got yes. It. It's a... Uh, I don't know, man. Do you want it? No. No, 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 no. I don't want to be a supervisor in any way. So... I, I don't want to do that at all. Okay. So, sell it to me this way. The benefits of it are money... Okay, but it's not much more just being from where we're at to mm-hmm. as a supervisor. Right, right. Here's, because I'm an idiot, and this is the way I think. <laughs> I'm in the game. And you spoke about this with Knox. Yeah. I'm in the game. I've been in the game since the 90s. I'm not, and it's hard because I'm getting close to 50. Yeah. But I can still play the game. And unfortunately... Yeah. I'm wired like that, and I'm an idiot, and I like to get out there, and I like to do the job. Yeah. That's what I signed up for. So my thought is this. Have you ever seen a television show about a police captain or a police major? <laughs> no. No. Why, no. Why not? Yeah. Because nothing they do is exciting. Not. Yeah. They're pretty <laughs> much a, a manager. They're, yeah. So, and, and I don't sell those people... You know, down the street or like that. I mean, they have a job to do, and I appreciate the job right. they do. Oh, yeah. Just not a job for me. Right. You know? And my, so here's my biggest thing with the whole, like, I don't know if you want to, it's not really an argument, but my rebuttal to that statement of like, oh, you need to test, you need to, you know, you, you should be a supervisor, you should try to promote, because, you know, whatever. But my thing is, okay, so there's a couple. One, and my first thing is, hey, man, first off, I don't know if I'm that smart to be able to do the test. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know some of the people you work for? Yeah. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. So first off, and we can get into that argument if you want, but about the whole process of like whether the – test is relevant to actually being a competent supervisor that's one thing okay but neither here nor there i'm 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 taking that away let's take that okay out of the equation my other thing is okay let's say hypothetically okay i do really well on the test yep all right say under you know i'm first on the test first on the list great all right that's awesome that's Mm -hmm. great okay Great. I become a I, I become a sergeant. I become a supervisor. And uh, it I'm, I'm in sucks. charge. Of, yeah. Because here's the thing. You get this. Would you? Um, uh, I apologize. <laughs> Knox is uh, out here with us. He's a moron. Go lay down. Um, yeah. So so you so I become out. I come out. I'm a supervisor now. Uh, I don't get to pick my squad. No. I don't get to pick who I'm in it, charge of. Even worse. And, okay. Not for you, but for me. Even worse. You're gonna go to night shift. Yes. And you're going to inherit six or seven people. and Probably new. One of them is going to be a complete idiot. An idiot. There's going to be another Guaranteed. one that's another problem. And you know how it works. 
20% of people are going to do 8% of the work. So you're going to have two superstars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to have three middle-of-the-road guys, and you're going to have one dude who really sucks. And, and you're and, going, And, and uh, another dude who's a mess. Yes. And so here's my thing, though, is like, the, so the argument has been made to me of, well, you know, those are the people that you're able to help yes. and mold. And Without here's them. the thing. I'm not a... I am not opposed to that in any way mm -hmm. at one, one bit. Yes, I want to help you. I actually really enjoy teaching and instructing someone and helping them get better. That, that part's not the problem I have an issue with. <laughs> There's some people that can't learn, okay. first off. The, the other thing is, though, is you still inherit the liability of those people and you, okay. you're not getting, you're not getting, listen, whatever pay they're giving you, yes. it's not enough. Have you ever been an FTO? No. Okay. Thank so, God. So you're giving me, I've done it, this is my third time. I know, dummy. So you're, you're giving me somebody dummy. who has no idea what's going on and it's like having a baby. Right. Because right. not only do I have to keep them from getting themselves killed, I have to keep them from killing me yeah. or the public. Right. So... Yes, and I said this in an FTO meeting. Uh, I said, I can't turn, I, well, I can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, and, 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 and there's no other way I could put it, but if you give me somebody who is just not suited for the job, and here's the problem, and it, it's the same proxy that you had before, but some guy who makes it up the chain of command Good person, yeah. but how, however, got promoted to lieutenant back in the early 2000s. So this guy gets promoted back in the early 2000s. He's been off the road for uh, well over a decade, and they're making decisions on, oh, this person would be great to hire. And I understand the criteria that they're looking at, but I do the job that we're supposed to be doing. So, if, you know, way back in the day, these guys did my job. And most of those people who move up the chain of command probably weren't in patrol very long. You know, they were probably in patrol you know, three to five years before they got promoted and, and bumped well, out. Well, and even if that, if that is the case, okay, say they were in the patrol for 10 years, how much, you can say this, how much has patrol changed from oh, three years ago? Three uh, years well, ago. And, and so you know? I, well, I started in the 90s. Right. And I started an agency that there were no computers in the car. Right. Um, you hot-seated a car. Yeah. And, you know, you had to use a map book. Yeah. And uh, we just did not have nearly the tools that we have now. Yeah. Incredible. It, it, the technology has made right, it right. better, but it's also made it worse uh, because you do have a lot more information, but your people skills diminish because you're more reliant on technology yep. than on talking to a human being. Yep. And, and that's what I see with the new kids coming out um, is that they're very good at the technology and technology right but communication is yeah but when you're dealing with a psychopath and you know you can't right. text this person and work it out you got to yeah. sit there in front of that person and, and you know it's very hard to teach somebody that who didn't develop the life skills growing up right and that and again not necessarily their fault. Not at all. Just the, Not at all. Just the product of their environment yes. of what they grew it's up in. It's a different generation. And guess right. what? The guys who were 20 years on when I started probably said the same thing about me. Oh, yeah. But so, the difference is, the biggest difference, and I'll, I, listen, I will, I, 
I don't know how many times I've said this, but I will say it again. Every I, I think there are something to be there's something to be said for every agency that requires you to do a, a mandatory amount in the jail prior to coming Did to you the You start in the jail? I started in okay. the jail. I had two and a half okay. years in the jail. Got it. I trained guys right. who were in the military, trained guys who were in college, and trained guys in jail. Here's uh, here's what I learned. Military and jail guys, first of all, jail guys have people skills already because you have to. You have to. guess what? You have, have no other tools. No, you're stuck in yeah. jail with bad guys yes. every day. So you have to or use your There's, verbal judo. Right. And you're going to roll into a pot where you could possibly get your ass kicked. Yes. And you got to make friends. You're outnumbered. Yes. Real quick. And if they want to get you, they could get you. Yes. Um, so you have to learn people's skills. And also what you, you learn is your radar of, hey, guess what? I can feel it. Something's going to happen. Something's going on here, and I'm going to circumvent this. Or I'm going to cause people to come up here before this kicks off and get some bodies. Yeah. I see that, guys. Also, too, the biggest thing I learned from jail guys was uh, hands-on. If they got to put hands on people, no problem. Put somebody in handcuffs, no problem. No problem. No, not at all, because they've done it a thousand times. So, More than I ever had. Uh, side note, I actually got, uh, I don't think reprimanded. <laughs> Would be the right word in FTO, but maybe um, a little too handsy. Right. Yes. The 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 one time in particular, not to name a, s- a specific individual, but uh, what happened was he was a drunk, passed out between vehicles uh, that we responded to a possible vehicle burglary. Yeah. Um. He was, we found him between vehicles. He was unresponsive, clearly breathing, but unresponsive. Gave him a little sternum rub. Yeah, woke him up. And, he was, and yeah, guess what? He swung on me. Yeah, yeah. What did I do? As soon as he swung on me, I flipped his ass over and I fucking cuffed him. Put him in braces. And yeah. I mean, it was quick and hard and yes. uh, it, was, it was aggressive. And uh, there were people watching us. Good. And uh, the FTO said to me, he goes, whoa, 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 what are you doing? I go, he swung on me. Like, it's what it's do you mean? Now. Like, he's going to... over now. Like, yeah. first off, forget the fact that he was just trying to burglarize a vehicle. I don't care if he was drunk. He technically was burglarizing a vehicle or attempting to, whether it was of his... Uh, whether he was drunk or not, but now he swung on me. Well... That part is... Can we exception. can we move on and do other things with that? Absolutely. With that, but he swung on me. He's going in cuffs. This is what a lot of people, law enforcement and the general public, seem to fail to realize... Just because you go into cuffs, you can come right out of them just as quickly. Yeah, it's very easily to take not those just cuffs for off. For my safety, they're for that guy's yeah, safety. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You so, want to get yes. you want to get frisky. Yeah. All of a sudden, those cuffs make you be a little less frisky. Yeah. And guess what? That. And I told him that, and he was just like, "Well, you can't." And I was like, "No, no, he swung on me." Like this is over. And yeah. there was really no argument to be made at that point because we could do other things with that, but I'm not going to not put that guy in cuffs. You know what I mean? The, the problem, I think, is, and this is with the general public, um, violence is not something people see every day. And with our job, and this is, we'll go back to the new people, jail guy's great putting hands on people. Uh, get a kid out of college and say, hey, that guy needs to go to jail. They may have never, ever touched another person and, right. and, and put them in handcuffs or taken you know, the right to freedom away. And that's a big step to make. 
you know, you're taking away somebody's. Well, and it's serious. Yeah. That's a serious thing. People that need, like, people need to. People, I say people. Law enforcement. They, I think most of us should, at this point, understand that. Like, that's a huge thing. Big thing. We're taking yes. someone's civil freedom. Like, hey, your freedom's gone now. So what, that's a big deal. What I've been seeing lately in a lot of these videos is that oh police are reluctant to put hands on people because of the ramifications that they're going to get after the arrest. Got it. Tried in the court of public opinion. Totally understand this. Here's what I would say. I would much rather be extremely violent for 10 seconds than to let this go on for minutes at a time to the point where it escalates to where now death. I'm having, I, well, yeah, I start yeah. using tools now. If I can grab a hold of you quickly to, to the point where you're not ready for it yet and get you in handcuffs before you can fight with me, guess what? We've resolved this very quickly. Like right. Just like the situation you said before. The, the problem is, uh, and, and this is what I try to teach recruits, we're going to ask somebody, hey, man, this is what's going to happen. Then we're going to tell somebody. Yep. And then when we tell them and they still don't do it, make. we have to make them do it. ATM, baby. And ATM. Think about this. And, and this is what people don't understand. Uh, is I don't know any fight that I've ever been in that looked like a Steven Seagal movie fight where, <laughs> where people were flipping in the air and, yeah. and snapping wrists. And, and, you know, it's never like that. So this morning, I, I actually, we just did a podcast. I just did one this morning, um, which, again, closest... I've ever recorded podcasts, so I'm sorry for any <laughs> overlap, but uh, I did start drinking at that 5.30 a.m. podcast. Yeah, just trying to do, you know. Your due right. diligence. Yeah, yeah right. I'm just trying to be better. But uh, <laughs> the reality is, is like, we'll release them separately, you know, further apart than just a day or anything. But the thing is, though, is uh, the guy that I was talking with, not a first responder, not a cop, not a not a firefighter, nothing in any way. So we had a he. One of the questions he asked me, which I thought was really good, is he goes, "So let me ask you, in this current climate and the way things are, does it deter you if, like, say you're dealing with someone and all of a sudden they reach for something?" And I said, "Listen, here's the biggest thing." I go, I think that's a mental thing. I go, because I'll tell you right now, the biggest deterrent for most law enforcement, most cops that are actively involved and focused, they, they aren't hemmed up by what that person's doing, right? The actual person. They're more concerned about getting A, fucked over by their agency, or B, getting fucked over by the general public, right? They're not, the, the reality is, is it's very simple. If you pull a knife, I pull a gun. That, they're, we're they're, they're, the go the levels of resistance <laughs> are very clear. Yeah, we're never going to fight There's, fair. You're right. And, and, and you and, shouldn't. No. Like, I'm never going to duel you. No. I'm never going to be like, oh, do you want to fight knife on knife? Let's yeah. do this. That's never going to happen. But that being said, if someone does pull a weapon and I have to deal with them, then I have to deal with them accordingly. But I should have personally, yeah. and this is on, yeah, this is this is on me, yes. I should have already been there, mm -hmm. right? Like, and you know this having been in, 
I mean, you, you've been doing this how long? 20, 23 years now. 23 yeah. years. You know whether it's, and I said that, I literally said this in the podcast. I said, I go, it doesn't matter if you've been doing SWAT, specialty training, whatever it is. There's, yes, you can go above and beyond and do more training. But the reality is, is if in your own, if you're just, and this is no, this is not a, a dig on guys that are just patrol guys. Because they are the boots on the ground. They are the most important element of law enforcement and in my mind. Well, this way it's funny. Anyway. Let's say I call in sick. Yes. They're going to put somebody in my zone. They're going to call in over. Yeah. My lieutenant calls in sick or a captain calls in sick or a major calls in sick. Eh. No, nobody cares. Yeah. They're not pivotal to that. Right. Team. So you come in as a patrolman, as a, a, a boots on the ground guy. Yep. Guess what? You are the guy that is going to deal with the shit. You know, quote unquote, in quotations, the shit. That's the tip of the spear that represents the entire agency. Everything. Not just the agency. Law enforcement. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah. That was the other thing that someone else talked to me not too long ago. They, they go, you know what's really shitty? And this was someone that, again, far removed from law enforcement. They go, you know what's really shitty? Is one cop has a bad experience with... An inter- or a bad encounter, I should say. Yeah. And it fucks over everyone. And I go, well, yeah, but it's hard to go. It's hard for humans as a whole to recognize, oh, hey, we had one bad time. People are really good about remembering that bad time but rather than I, I 20 good times. I have never met the cop or a person uh, that I've worked with or work with now that would say, like, yeah, it's a good idea to put a knee on some man's neck for eight minutes. Right. That guy is an idiot, and he should be tried and, and get his day in court. But th- nowhere was I ever taught to do that. Yeah. Ever. Never, ever. Well, the okay. I don't care what his policy was. As a human being, okay, and, and I got a lot of different points, but once the cuffs are on, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay? You're handcuffed. I'm going to sit you in the back of the car. You can kick and scream, do all you want. If I need to, I'll hobble you. Yes. And, and put the spit shield on your face. Right. But I am not going to sit on you with my knee on your neck and put you in constant pain for any length of time. That, Here, there's nothing productive about Well, that. here's my thing with that. Again, not to like try to dis- digress, digress too much to the whole Floyd thing in particular, but the reality is... is that guy in particular, who's a, if I remember correctly, he's like a 19-year veteran. Yeah, and he was an been, FTO. Yeah, he was been a, involved in a lot of he shit. He was an idiot. Right? Here's the thing, though. He's on that guy's neck. Uh, there were four other deputy or Top officers there. Yeah. there. And uh, there's all these people coming in with cameras, holding their phones. Mm-hmm. Listen, I agree with you. There was no reason for that guy to be yeah. on that guy's neck. Agreed, 100%. You and I both know, as someone that does, like we both do jujitsu, here's the reality. There's no reason, once that guy's cuffed, to even really be on that guy no, at all. he's in custody. Yeah, he's, he's done. But, but, and this is, this is by no means defending this guy in any way, at all. However, I will say this also. If you took a knee on my back and I'm not a big guy by any means. I'm, 
I'm 6'1", and I'm carrying a little holiday weight, so I am like 197. But uh, if you're kneeling on the, let's say, between my shoulder blades, mm -hmm. okay, on my back, and I'm face down, and I have my handcuffs behind my, my hands, yeah, or cuffed behind yeah. my back, and I start wiggling, and just wiggling. I'm just wiggling. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm not even a, in a heightened no. sense of anything. I'm just wiggling. Guess what? General body mechanics are going to guarantee that your knee is going to slide towards my neck. Understood. Right? Because of simple body mechanics. Because uh -huh. guess what? My neck is lower than my chest. But, but are you wiggling because I have your my knee in your back? Yes. So, I, and that's what I'm saying is like, I'm not arguing at any point should he have stopped doing what he was doing. But what I'm saying is like, okay. why is he fucking around and complaining? Like, you just, get off of him. Okay, you just went through instructor techniques, right? Yeah. Okay. What and a, you're... What a joke. Are you a DT instructor? No. Okay. I'm not saying I'm an expert in use of force, but I'm an instructor and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I can't justify that. In a use of force report. No, 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 and I'm not. I'm yeah. not trying to justify. Yeah. I, what he I, I did. can't come close to it. And I'm just saying, but, though. But also, I can't justify me being your partner and not rolling up on you and say, "Hey, Ryan, I got this guy. Tap yes. him out. I walk yes. him because you might hate and this guy." You know what, though? That goes back to. Uh, did you hear that guy on? Uh, I think I sent it to you, or you might have already sent it to me. Uh, what was his name on? Uh, cleared hot. I know a guy, but uh, yeah. Greg Anderson. Yes. Prior to all this, this was prior to the Floyd thing where he called out saying like, hey, cops need to call each other out yeah. and hold each other accountable. Seriously, and, how many times but, have you done it though? How many oh, times I've done it? done it. I go, hey man, and I've done it to buddies, friends yes. that I know that are good guys that just, you, listen, I'll tell you right now, and I'll be the first one to tell you because what aggravates me the most is these guys that are like, oh, and, and I'm not trying to fucking qualify or solidify anybody in being impartial to anything because right now, guess what? You can have a bad fucking day. Well, and you go, and I go, not, you know not, what? Not I go, <laughs> right. And you go, you know what, Brian? Hey, man, I'll take care of Chill this. out. Because guess what? It could be one thing. It doesn't matter if I know what it is or what it isn't, but I work with you enough to go, fuck, Brian's set off by this. Yeah. I need to move him away yes. from this fucking hey, instance. Yeah, like, chill out, man. Like, be like, hey, Brian, I got I got this, man. Yeah, no problem. And you, and you know what? And, I'm, and I'm then smart I deal with it. To be like, you know what? You're going to calm this guy down. Right. And walk away. I, that is the biggest thing so, is to recognize what is going on in the moment? Because how often do we talk about what are, what are those uh, the the colors, the being in the the white, the yellow, the you know yeah. like being on those, but being able to recognize like, oh shit, I'm amped the fuck up. Well, I need to bring that shit down. I just retrained a deputy. Come back to the road, uh, good deputy. We went out to a house where a guy's mom and this kid's a problem child, uh, but he's like twenty years old. He's like six five. 300 pounds, big boy. And uh, his mom said that he wanted to hang himself in the backyard. So sure enough, we got a response to the house. Go out there, knock on the door, he comes out, and automatically he is always confrontational. What the fuck do you want? Hey, man, I'm here because your mom called and said you want you know, wanted to hang yourself in the backyard. He's like, do I look like I'm hanging? No. Guess what? We're done. He's not hanging. Yeah. I did my investigation. There's no crime here. Yeah. So I start walking away. 
and the other deputies with me because I was I was retraining them. And uh, get out in the front yard. He starts falling out in the front yard. Fuck you. Dropping everything on me. Got it. Listen, have a good man. Day. I love you. Got to go. Have a good day. Yeah. No, I didn't even. I wasn't even like that. I was like, okay. Right. See you later. And the other deputy wanted to stop. And I had no. to hey. No, no, walking. no. You can call me any name in the book. That's right. But That's I exactly right. Walked away, drove the cars out of there, and left him at his house to, to be as upset as he wants. Um, and, and honestly, I think that has a lot to do with your ego. And I think because you wear the badge, um, you think for some reason that uh, people should always be respectful to you. And it's quite the opposite. No. Guess what? I'm with you. You, you, you get paid... I'm not now. I don't get paid to get hit or spit on or or damage anyone. I mean, you do, but at a certain yeah, at a but, certain point, you got to go. Am I getting paid to voluntarily go step but into at, this? At, yeah. at what point? I mean, do you feel because you worked in jail that you became like unoffendable? Hey, by, no, I'm I'm with you, man. Whatever. I'll I'll tell you right now. My biggest thing is, hey. I, 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 and you can ask anybody that, especially when I still worked patrol before I got into canine, I, and, you know, I'll throw his name out. He doesn't care. Ming's fucking, he was notorious for like, we'd go to calls and like, he had a very like different approach in mm -hmm. the sense of like, hey, you're going to, like he was. Yeah. Military guy. Yeah. He said, you I'm do giving this, you direct order. Right. <laughs> but like. I would get complaints because, and he always thought it was hilarious because I was, I was so calm to where I would be like, because, and again, it may be because I've just been punched enough, punched in the face enough times that I'm kind of like, I'm good. Where I would be like, oh, what's going on? Like, I, hey, I also not, think, like I, I calm them yeah, down. But the Some people probably don't help want you with that a lot. For sure. Or, you know, and, and Greg is not a shit stirrer. But you know right. there are deputies out there who you have everything calmed down. And this, I call them decorators. They get on scene and they decorate it with their bullshit. Nah, and you're like, God, God almighty, if you would have just up. shut up. We could have walked away 20 minutes. So now. what I'll do, sometimes I'll, I'll cancel those people before they get there. Because yeah. oh, I know they're yeah. going to bring a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, those people... They just, they're out there. You know, yeah, you can't yeah, stop yeah. Well, and the thing is, though, is they, and I don't want to, like, give them any more credit than they deserve by any means, but they do have a time and place sometimes because they can show up to certain scenes and they're, Listen. they're good for a scene because what it is is they, they need to be with that person. But the reality is, is, like, if you can separate people a lot of times, yeah. you can squash well, anything. You know, you got to be able to talk people into handcuffs, and you got to talk to people out of getting themselves handcuffed. Oh, oh, and, yeah. And it's you know, you. I mean, people don't understand. I don't get to see people on their best day. I can see Never. people on their worst day. Yes. And you know, yes. three hundred sixty like four days of the year, they might be a wonderful human being. Right. But today <laughs> was their day. And you get to sit there and, and, you know, if you really think about it, the amount of people who are legitimately like psychopaths, very small. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, but there are people out there and the predators out there. And I totally understand that. But the majority of the people that we deal with the, are good people. Well, the, the, I would say the big difference is, is the predators 
they're not usually the ones that you're going to a call and no. they're still there. They're already leave. Yeah, exactly. They know the game. Yes. And once again, making this full circle back to what I call the game. And you spoke about like being afraid to do your job, not because of the bad guy that you're dealing with, but the repercussions or the ramifications that come afterward. Um, and I, I said this to a friend of ours when uh, you know, I was in a situation where I am totally unafraid to do my job out on the street because I am in the game. Right. And, and that guy who I'm going after, they're in the game. And we have a mutual agreement where I know he doesn't like me and he knows I don't like him. This is the game. My job is to take you to jail and your j- job is to avoid me or evade yes. me. Totally got it. We, we both know our roles here. The hardest part is the internal game of where your boss says to you, hey, man, I got you. You know, you did the right thing, and all of a sudden, a week later, it comes back down. When does that and, happen? And they, I haven't heard that one. And it gets Monday morning quarterback, <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're like, hey, you know what? Uh, we came to a, a, a conclusion that you could have, should have, would have. And, uh, you know, you're like, really? Because last week, this was fine. Yeah. But now it's moved up a, a different level in the chain. And some guy who wasn't on scene is now making decisions on what's going to be done out here. And I haven't even got to tell my side of the story of it yet. Yeah. And, and, and that is the internal game. Um, that is, I'm, I'm not saying it's deceitful, but it's, it's not out there as much as me and the bad guy. I know what, you know, that guy, the bad guy knows he's the bad guy and he's not trying to be my buddy or my friend. Right. Whereas the guy who tells me he's got my back, but, you know, down the road... He's going to be the first one sticking a knife in it. And I'm not saying that's super prevalent, but, um, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I've been down that road. Right. Well, how many times, though, have you run into the person that you have dealt with? How many times before? Oh, they know. And literally, they know, like you just said. We have an agreement. They know the game. Mm-hmm. And you've gone, hey, what do you got? And literally, I've, I've literally had people go, Ah, this is what I got. This, you know, no shit. They know. Me too. There's no, there's no, uh, I don't want to say. There's, there's no bullshit. Yeah. There's no bullshit They, they just us. go, hey, you, you got me today. You got me today. Respect. And, and That's there's a exactly respect. exactly what it is. Yes. Because they go, you got me today. Yes. They don't say those words. No, but, but they, they go, know. here's and they, what and, I got. And they respect you because they know they're not going to get and an ass whooping. You're honest with them too. Right. And you're not going to hem them up on no. a bunch of other bullshit. No. Or, hey, I'm going to catch you on this. Yeah. You're going to get this. Yeah. You, do, you know as well as I know. The state attorney's going to drop this down and yeah. this down and this down. And you're going to catch this. And in and my that's PCA, it. it'll say that. Hey, whatever right. so-and-so was compliant. He was cooperative. Yes. He was helpful. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He gave, he was, but that pays dividends because one day that guy might have a chance to kill you. And it might pay off. Or that one day that guy might be out of hand. And you you might show up on scene where another deputy's popped that guy off. And they'd be like, hey, man, I'm not dealing with you, but I'll deal with that guy because I trust him. And you know what what I've seen more often than not in those situations is the person that was there first dropping their ego to go, oh, hey, Brian just showed up. And this guy says he'll deal with Brian. Go. I just turn away. Yeah. I don't deal with that anymore. Like, I don't, no, you're not going to fucking deal with him. You're going to deal with me. No, no why? No, no. Why? I mean, if I'm I can get a better, if I can get a better outcome, an easier outcome, Hell a, yeah. a, a more, less, a more, less, a less violent outcome. Without a doubt. With me going, hey, Brian's going to deal with this guy. I don't got to fucking worry and about it. And I would it. be happy to write the Why would I not do it? Yeah. 
why can't why? we do this the easiest way? I, yeah. I tell people, I got to say, I say, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the real easy way. Yeah. <laughs> However you want to do it. Yeah. And I, I, I also tell these people, um, you know, right now you're in charge. We're, you're going to make how this is going to go. Right. And, and I, I tell the story about when I was in court um, one time when we did a, a search warrant for SWAT and uh, I was questioned by a defense attorney and they, they asked me, said, well, when you showed up on scene, you took control of the scene, right? And I was like, no, I didn't. And they're like, pardon me? And I was like, no, I didn't have control of the scene. I said, the only person who controlled the scene was your client. Because we verbally asked your client to come out numerous times and your client refused. Right. So if I was in control, he would have come out. So this is on your client. Um, and, you know, it, it put the defense attorney back on their heels a little bit. Um, but truth be told, just because I'm there and just because I have a gun does not mean I'm in control. It just means I'm there to respond to it. And we will assume control when we have to. But uh, for the most part, you know, the the person that we're out there to see, they're, they're the one who's going to run what's going to happen, good right. or bad. Yeah. And reality is is at the end of it is it's like i mean we say it all the time for swat too is it's like their actions dictate our act like we we don't get to decide shit we are a reactionary force that's the, that's the job yeah drop the gun you can't say anything either than hey drop the gun right how many times do i got to say it pretty please with sugar on top please <laughs> drop your gun yeah you know drop your gun on the at what point do we go oh no don't do it Just, well it gets to the point yeah. now where i think it puts you behind the power curve to the point where you're waiting for this guy to make a move. Right. And, and I think a lot of cops are in that situation now if we're, and, and I'll speak on this. I haven't met the cop. I haven't met him in 23 years who was sitting out there saying, I want to go shoot somebody today. I haven't met that psychopath. Right. You know, right. I have not met that guy. And if I did meet that guy, I'd be the first to be like making phone calls uh, to my supervisor saying, Hey, this guy's a psychopath. And right. I don't want to be near this person. Right. I haven't met that person. Right. Um, and I think that the narrative that uh, police in general are out to hunt people down and, and you know, take a certain group of people to jail for some reason, not true. Not even close. I haven't met that guy yet either. Um, oh, yeah. So, now, am I saying that person is not out there? No. There, oh, there has to be. Oh, 100% there's that person out there. But Hang they on. get weeded out pretty quick. Uh, oh yeah, that was way out of line and people getting like beaten in handcuffs. No, no. And, and you know, I also think that's because of who I am. Because I don't think that you would pull that shit in front of me because you know I would check you on that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I tell my hey. recruits when I get them in the car, I say, unless you're willing to pay my bills and pay for my retirement, don't do any silly or illegal shit in front of me. Right. Because I, I'm the first person to go up uh, so, uh-uh. and, and say, no, this isn't yeah. happening. I mean... Give them the old angry dolphin, just but, saying, uh-uh. But you start them that way from the beginning. And, yeah, if they're a real bad person, it'll come out. Yeah. Maybe oh, not with yeah. you, but eventually it will come to fruition for them. But, you know, being a, a trainer and getting these people when they're, they're brand spanking new, it allows you to set the tone of, hey, this is how I expect you to act. Right. And that's a good... What's the right word? A good uh, atmosphere, persona, how you want them to behave for the future. Yeah. But the problem is, though, is getting other trainers to also have that same mindset. And that, 
and, and you know as well as I so like our our field training yeah. program you you don't you're not with the same field training officer the whole time no. which is a good thing because it can for you may multiple not reasons to some people. yeah right oh, yeah, some people are going to butt heads some people it, it's good to get away from certain people at certain times because just it can you can burn, be burned out or whatever but the reality is is like you're going to be with different other yeah. people which is good because it gives you a good mix however that being said and I'm sure you see it even more so being a trainer. Some of these people, I don't know if they should be the trainers because yeah. they're, and I, and again, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that these people are doing it because they're like, oh, I'm getting more money for this. Or, <laughs> oh, I'm getting the prestige of this of the because there's really not like I don't know the reason why some of them are doing what they're doing. If that makes any sense, like I don't think that they're well. Doing I think some people for, are looking to get promoted, and they look at this as a direct supervision and a a pathway up the chain. Totally understand. I I guess, but uh, there's how many times there's a lot of people that have been promoted that were never an FTO. Without a doubt. But I think it's an avenue that you can walk into an interview and say, have you ever supervised any anyone? You can say, well, as a matter of fact, I've trained oh, 68 true. people directly. And guess what? I trained you and you and you. Mm. So I should be a supervisor too. Totally understand. And it can be used as an avenue like that. Um, the way that I look at it is you're a gatekeeper. Um, and, and I also look at it being a parent. So yeah, I make sure that the people who shouldn't be here are not. But I also take a lot of pride in the fact that some of the people who I trained um, are now really good detectives or really good cops or moved up the chain of command and, and did well. Right. Um, and that's great. I, and my part of it might have been minute. Yeah, or but minuscule. You, but you yeah, have a little yeah. bit of that in there and say to yourself, well, I had something to do with that person. And, you know. Right. Um, you want to leave the agency better than when you got there, right? I mean, I, I hope everybody has that attitude of, hey, guess what? I'm, I, I'm gonna give as much of myself as I'm working today to make this place better. And if that is either training somebody to the best of my ability or, or training someone to the point where I said, I've done my best with this person, they're just not gonna make it. You know, either way, you're gonna get 100%. So this is, I guarantee you this, Brian, fuck me in the long run. I don't, I'm not looking to better the agency in the long run. I'm looking okay. to better the fucking, and again, this doesn't sound as corny as you want it to sound. I want to bet, like, literally, anyone that tells you they signed up to be a cop because, ooh, I want to help people. Listen, that's all well and good. The reality is you probably signed up to be a cop because you want to shoot guns and drive fast. Okay. I think some that's people, yeah. Some, I think that's uh, the first now, selling point. Right. <laughs> so the other thing <laughs> is, is there's not many cops, just like you were just saying, though. There's not many cops that are out there like, I hope I get to shoot somebody in the face. God, no. There's no, not. No, there's no. really not. I'm telling you, the vast majority are not that. Well, I was like myself to... included. Now, that being said, am I ready yeah. to potentially shoot somebody in the face? Yeah. But guess what that's for? Guess what that implication is? That's because I'm ready to shoot someone in the face 
because they're going to harm an innocent person. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'll tell you right now, the, the, the gravity of catching a bad guy, as cliche as that may sound, has never been more in like just like embodied in me before I became canine. Because I'm like, oh my God, if I get to use my dog, Literally, all the training I've done you to track to use all and your skills find and all your dog skills, and yes, yeah. all the training that me mm-hmm. and all the training that I've done with my dog to track and find a bat again, because and this is our agency. There's other agencies do different mm-hmm. doing it different ways, but we only track on violent, violent misdemeanors and felonies. Again. Yes, do we track for missing and endangered people? 100%. But the majority of the time when we put our dog down, we're tracking on violent misdemeanors or felonies. So these people that have committed these crimes are not good people, okay? Do people make mistakes? 100%. Do people do bad things? 100%. Do sometimes they need to either A, get bit by a dog or B, at least get apprehended by a dog in the sense that they surrender because they don't want to get dog bit? Yes. And that to me is the culmination of, oh, this is what it is to be a cop. I get to catch a bad guy that was doing a bad thing or did a bad thing and I caught them. That that is the totally, hey, yay, the hunter, the win. Well, think about this, okay? And this is why I liked being a narcotics detective. I pick a target. I find out who that person is, what they do, who they're selling to, what they're selling. And I come up with a game plan. And I work out my game plan, put a case on that person, and put that person in prison. They're killing people with their drugs, whether it be heroin or methamphetamine or whatever. Same thing. Um, now I don't wish any harm or ill will on that person. I wish that they'd go to prison because I'm going to put a case on you because right. you're killing people with what you're doing. Um, but yeah, putting all your skills together, working with the team and, and coming to fruition of, Hey, we put a great case on this guy yes. and he's gone right. he's out of society. So getting back to it, like, like what I said about like making the agency better. So I would ask you, who do you work for? I work for Sarasota County. No, you don't. You do, in in theory. But I work for the citizens of Sarasota County. Well, that's that's, what, that's yeah, how I sell that's it to myself. What I mean. yeah, yeah, so yeah, right. I work for the good people of Sarasota County. Right. And they deserve what they get out of me. So if I say I want to make the agency better, it's not because I want to make the agency better because you know. Uh, a big goatee green or whatever. I want to make the agency better because if I do, the people of our county will get served better by what we do. Right. And as much as you deal with the bad guys, which that being said, we are those members. Like we yes. are in, we live yes. in the county. We pay the taxes. Like uh, that again, not to digress, but it's like I pay my salary. Oh, I oh, I pay your salary. Yeah, me. But I pay my salary too. Cool. I we pay taxes together. But right, go ahead. I, I want. You know, the person who is a really good person that works hard every day and goes and takes care of their family, you know, to see that I'm out there helping them. When they call me up and say, hey, right. my neighbor is a dope dealer. Or, you know, 
whatever happens, my neighbor. Someone broke into my fucking car. Yes. And it just happened, and he's running that way. Yes. Like, yes. That's the guy or the person yes. that I want to help. That's, so much. That's who we signed up so for. So much, yes. And, um, you know, the problem is those people, they're not the squeaky wheel. No. They're good citizens. They work hard, and they don't have time to sit out there and say, well, you know, I hate this and I hate that. They're working every day, and they're doing their job, and they're paying their taxes, and, and there are the people who really, uh, I feel, pay my salary and the people who I'm obliged to do the best job that I can. Oh, I agree 100%. And, you know, yes, do I have supervisors at the sheriff's office that I work for? Absolutely. Um, but ultimately, that's how I think of it is I work for the citizens. I, that's, I didn't swear an oath to the sheriff's office. I swore an oath to uphold the laws of the state of Florida right. and the United States that the citizens, the yeah. people. So, um, in a sense, I think that's what helps me stay grounded in you know the times at work. Like we spoke about being in the game, that that internal game. Guess what? Those guys are gonna play their game. Oh yeah. Get it totally. I, I understand it. I don't like it, um, but I have to play in that arena if I want to be in the game. Yeah. So. You know, there's a lot of things that sometimes you got to eat it and sometimes you're not going to win and it's hard, especially when you have the attitude of, you know, I want to win every day. Right. Um, so I think that people, unfortunately, the only interaction to get with law enforcement now is traffic stop, where it's a bad day for you because I'm going to write you a ticket or you're having a bad day and we come out your house and arrest you or... Uh, your other significant other either beat you up or did something that I have to deal with you on. Uh, and, and that's unfortunate. Now, we do have school resource, resource officers in school, and, and they help out uh, with the children. But regular citizens don't really... I, I'll ask you. I mean, how many times have cops ever been in your house for anything? Zero? No. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So a regular, it's weird how that works, but right? A, a regular good law-abiding citizen is not going to have the police right. come to their house. Well, and the thing is, though, too, is the and uh, kind of that to that point. Very rarely does someone have a firefighter come to their house, though, either. You know what I mean? It's like, a different self. I I agree. I'm just saying, though, in yeah. general, like people will say, like, oh, we pay. Uh, kind of going back to like, oh, I pay your salary. I pay your tax. I would say that, uh, guess what? I've had a cop to my house is exactly as many times as I've had a firefighter to my house. That being said, am I going to, do I want to not pay my taxes? Because yeah. oh, I don't guess what? I don't need that. When my house is burning down do. or when I do, yeah. I listen, I'll tell you right now, my house is burning down. I got the the one fire extinguisher and I got the hose on the side of the house. I hope to God the firefighters show up. Quickly. That being said, someone breaks into my house. I really hope that I am home and that there is no other cops coming because uh, I think the dog I'm gonna will, I'm gonna will yeah. get them for you. Well, yeah, the dog. I think the dog <laughs> will finish that job. Oh. But that being said, I can tell you right now. I listen. They better be able to try to start running away with the dog because. If they don't get off of my property before I find them, listen, I'm getting in that shoot because yeah. if they're still in my house, game over. You're in my house. I don't care if my dog's on you or not. I'm going to be so upset. Like, I've heard, I, I, I won't get into names, but the, the one of the guys that I used to work with in the jail, 
he called out sick one night because, and this is not trying to throw him under the bus in any way, but he called out sick one night and he said, and again, you ask him to this day, he says he didn't have a reason, right? He goes, I, I banged out sick. He goes, I just, I didn't want to come didn't, in. Didn't want a mental day, for, didn't want to go to school. For whatever yeah, Didn't want to go to work today. Yeah, I didn't want to do it. That being said, he was already on his, he was a night shift guy. He was already on his cycle, so he was up. Yeah. And guess what happened? Somebody broke into his house. That's exactly Wrong, right. wrong Guess house. what? And they broke into his daughter's room. Like no his way. young daughter's yep. room. And he laid a beating on Beat them. Beat the brakes off somebody. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, he's beating on them. His wife got, what's going on? He goes, go get my handcuffs. The handcuffs, he freaking, they call the cops. Yeah. Uh, he laid a, he, I mean, he laid a straight up beating Sorry, on this guy. And, he go, and guess what? I said, good thing it wasn't in my house because I can guarantee you a beating would have been and the least of that right person's worth. That you guy comes in. They got to that person before oh, a dog no. ate him. Oh, no, no, no. It would have been a bloody mess. I'm not even talking about the dog. There would have been way worse than that. <laughs> you come into my daughter's room, I, listen, a dog is not going to, listen, the dog would be your best case scenario. Okay? 100%. Yeah. When you're done, when the dog's coming, yes. Like, 100%. The only oh. thing that's going to save you. Is where you're, where the splatter is going to end up because I'm not going to have you de- demolish in my kid's bedroom. But, but, but once again, that, too, again, think about this, society-wise. Yeah. Who are these people who are doing these burglaries? Oh, shit. Well, just, well, usually they're, they're drug, the drug users. Drug user? And they're not burgling your house to uh, put more money in their 401k or the stock portfolio. <laughs> what? No, they're they're not. They're not doing investments. No, they're not. They're no. not investment they're bankers. They're not day trading and stealing. I haven't seen bank. the investment bankers at the, at the, at the burglaries so, lately. But so it, it comes down to you know these people have a habit and yeah. they have to maintain their habit. And how are they going to do that? Well, they're going to steal. Yeah. Um, how do we combat that? Proactive law enforcement. We we how try to we try to. But here's my thing. So let me. Let me kind of flip it on you. What do you think about this Oregon thing with them legalizing it all? Well, Portugal did a plan like this. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which, it took seven years, but it worked out pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, they did, granted, they didn't do the same scheme that Oregon's doing. Portugal did it to where when you, okay, so you have a habit, you guess what? We catch you, we do, here's the thing. You're put into a program where it wasn't just a rehab program. It was a, they built your skills. They gave you, it was almost like being put into like a, a, a technical institute. Yeah, trade school. They give you a skill to learn. And it goes back to that whole, uh, what's that, uh, God, what was that study with the rats? Where they put the rat in the, the cage with the cocaine water and the regular yeah. water. And he's always going to go drink the cocaine water. Right. But then when you put him in the rat city, guess what? And he had other things going on. He moved away from the cocaine water. Because if you okay, give so someone something to do, something that makes them feel like they're, they're important. Yeah, right, you have to have self-worth. They're going to, they're going to gravitate towards that. Whether they have family or friends, 
if they feel like you just said they have self-worth, there's something to be said there, whether even, it, even if it is just a job. Yeah, it's the same thing if you think gonna... about like welfare. So you can be on welfare forever. And I understand there are some people who need it, without a doubt. Uh, but your sense of self-worth is you're not, you're not an adult. Right. Your child that is, is reliant on the government or someone else to feed you and clothe you and house you. We should, with welfare, and this is just my opinion, is put these people through a trade school program, activate them into the back of the society, in a working society, to where they can make the same amount of money that they were making, or actually have more earning potential. Right. But what's more than that is a sense of self-worth. Yes. You, you know, you have the ability to do a job that people are in need of. You feel needed. Yes. That is the most important thing. Yes. Because I'll tell you right now, one of the biggest things is even for parent, I, I personally, I think that's why a lot of teen moms, teen whatever, they want to feel worth they want to they know that hey if i have this kid people will pay more attention to me and I'll uh, i wasn't even thinking that the, the kid needs me i have to do something for them like they, they but they I feel an obligation to the kid to like they're like oh at least this kid wants me yeah you know what i'm saying like there, a there's a there's failure a failure in their own parenting uh, oh. their own parents and a failure in the school system and yeah. um unfortunately we're not so much teaching people factual information anymore as to like earning potential to where if you have a GED, you have a certain earning potential and, and you have a high school diploma and a, and a junior college and a college degree and a master's degree. Exponentially, the more education that you have, the more earning potential that you have. Right. And over a lifetime, it shows that as you move up through education, your earning potential goes higher and higher and higher. Totally understand this. We don't teach this to these people. Um, you know, and... I, I think, though, that to kind of, like, argue that point is not necessarily education is education in the sense of, like, uh, college degrees and all that stuff, but, like, literally quantitative skills set. Oh, wait up. Because you can literally, like I was just saying, you can literally, it's like, you learn to be a plumber. You're going to have a job. You have a trade for the rest of your life. A hundred percent. Anywhere. Like you could go do any, yes. you could go do it anywhere. No matter what happens in your life, you can always go back to being right. a plumber and you can make great wage. Right. Same thing, electrician, anything you want to do. Um, but yeah. the, the problem is we stigmatize that as being bad. You know, because oh, you're you're a plumber. Yes. Yeah, right. I'm a plumber, and a plumber. Damn, skipping. So my thought is this: in the future, the tradespeople are going to rule the world. Oh. Because yeah. you know, uh, especially coming up like now. Yeah. With all the oh. kids that are just glued to a screen and don't have, uh, this is again. I apologize to those that just listened to the last podcast and they're not listening to this one. Same thing. If they're still too close together, because me and yeah. uh, my buddy were talking about how. It makes so much more sense to have a kid to go, hey, I'm going to do a trade rather than – not that one's better than the other. I'm not no, saying but that. Rather than put myself in $100,000 of debt at 18 years old and then walk out of college without any prospect of having a job. 
Right. Holy, that's well, insane. But the, the problem is, though, is that, in my opinion, again, this is just my dumb opinion, uh, college as a whole has been so... Um, Corrupted? Just, yes. Yeah. Very good word. Corrupted and just... Dis- like disgustingly degenerated to where it's like, oh wait, this part, this doesn't actually matter. All you're having to show is that you went to get a four-year degree. A piece of paper. And that being said, could I not pay? Could I not give you the money to say that I did this four-year degree? And what's disgusting to me is you could have this, uh, not the same person, obviously, but another person, same age, same same sex, same race, same everything, go and do the same military four years. And for some reason, it doesn't seem to register as much. <laughs> That's what blows my mind. Totally. I, I, That's what disgusts me. What, in the, in what the I'm finding thing. is the people that I train in field training from the military, much more well-rounded, have yeah. good people skills, life experience is worth a million yes. dollars. And they get it. So they understand what it's like to go to a third world country. I was just going to say, going somewhere else yes. and seeing how shit things yes. can be. <laughs> and see they how go, good they oh, you have. No, it's pretty well, good over here. Well, people don't understand. If you're poor in America, you're still richer than 99% of people on the planet. At least? Yes. Like, so when at least? You say, my wife, I went out. You're like, Really? You yeah, know, uh, you know, there's these things called books you can read. You're just like, oh wow! So you didn't go to go, you yeah. didn't get to go to Applebee's this week. No, I couldn't. I couldn't tweet uh, because my Wi-Fi went out, and now I'm losing my mind. Uh, this is the problem: is we are producing adults who never matured, and they're still petulant children to the point where my mom and dad told me that I'm a winner. Even though I've never won a thing in my life or, or actually uh, endeavored to be successful at anything and, and persevered. So now I have to get a job and my boss told me I'm doing a terrible job and I can't handle this. Um, to the point where either uh, I'm going to go tell my boss off and quit my job or I'm going to go online and say something stupid you know, and then get fired off of my job. Uh, you know. I, we have lost the humility to realize I'm starting at the bottom. Yeah. And I need to come in here before everybody else in the day. Humble. Come and, and lead later and put in the best work that I can. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is something that I, I, I can relate with. Uh, of, uh, I may not be smarter than you, but I can always outwork you. I can always get up earlier. And I can always work a little longer. And I can always put forth the more effort uh, to get to where I need to be right. minus whatever, um, you know, I'm, I'm lacking in ability. And I don't think that we're putting that into our children anymore of, of hey, guess what? This is going to suck for a while. Yeah. Like, I, okay. So, again, it's very similar to the, this, the discussion I had this morning of, how we kind of almost would protect our kids with the fact that, oh, hey, like you and I 
again, I don't want to compare because, like, uh, the guy that I talked to this morning, Bert, he uh, he grew up very poor, very poor, and like he was talking about how like I I had two pairs of jeans and I was so worried about in school like about how a kid someone would notice that I was wearing the same pair of jeans later in the week and blah 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 blah. He grew up in Maine. Uh, we and you know this isn't something new. We've we've discussed it before on other podcasts, but like also. Joe Rogan's talk about is like you don't want your kids as a, as a as a parent you don't necessarily want your kids to be like worried about where their next meal comes from however you also wonder like I I personally do it all the time where I wonder sometimes like not that I again not that I grew up not knowing where my next meal came from but you wonder how much you are maybe um what's the right word uh not letting your kid grow or experience making things them soft. because they're not experiencing hardship. That's you know why I, I mean? bully my kids. <laughs> That's why I punch them in the face every now and no, then just to but, let them know. No, but I, I don't. <laughs> and and I, I had a talk with my son today uh, about this, about who, and he's dying, who I want him to be. We talked about character. So if I'm talking to my nine-year-old about character and and integrity and what he's doing when I'm not watching. So he had a friend over the other day and they spilled some water on the Nintendo dock. Killed it. Got it. I went over to the Nintendo, I touched the where it sits and it's wet. And I said, what happened here? And he goes, I spilled some water on it. I said, well, why didn't you tell me? And you know, he, he was, was like, you know, I didn't want to get in trouble and I had my friend over and we were having fun. So I told him, I said, I'm not angry at you, but I'm disappointed in you, and this never happens again. It's okay to make mistakes. They were playing boxer. Yeah. It's okay, totally okay with me to make mistakes, but you gotta tell me so we can fix it, as opposed to pretending that it didn't happen and then having me have to buy a new piece of equipment. Right. Uh, he's nine. Yeah. I can let it slide at nine. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder though sometimes because like, so, Thanksgiving, uh, I got the, the twins are four, right? Well, one of the one of the twins, she is a literally like a chronic spiller. No matter, okay. it doesn't matter where we're at, what we're doing, what it is, she's spilling something. It doesn't matter. You put it in a fucking sippy cup, it's gonna get something's spilled. coming out. Something, yeah. something. So. And I, again, this is me showing my bad dadness <laughs> in the sense that, like, I get aggravated because yeah. I will literally, I'll, I'll give her, like, it's gotten to the point, like, where I give her a dinner cup and it's got a, it's an, a it, lid. It's an open cup. Okay. Okay. Like, we've gone to the, we've done the lid thing to where she's done this again and, like, okay, no issues. Like, we've built yeah. up from that. Yeah several times but it's a cup with a it's got a straw built in to the cup right there's no reason for her to really like take it off the table she can literally slide it over get her thing and do her drink but she's so and I get this she's four mm-hmm. she's moving she's grooving yeah. she's eating her food she doesn't sit still yeah. I get it but 
I've had this conversation with her multiple times. I go, you just spill it. Like, okay, so yeah. now you don't get a drink until you're done with dinner. You know what I mean? So the other day at Thanksgiving, <laughs> making me feel like a piece of shit, Good. right? Good she, for you. She spills something. Yeah. And <laughs> my wife was a little bit closer to her than I was. Yes. But uh, she instantly looks at me and just starts bawling. Doesn't say a word. I didn't say a word. She didn't say a word. I just started bawling. And my wife says to her, she goes, You did this. She goes, Don't look at daddy. It's okay. It's fine. She's, so you're cleaning, scaring she's cleaning it up. <laughs> yes. So I've implemented straight up fear into my children of spilling yes. their fucking drink. Yes. But I'll tell you you're what, <laughs> I, I am a bad parent. I am a bad parent. I'm glad you said it. I uh, felt it. No. But I'll tell you what, though, like, here's the thing is, as terrible as that is, as bad as it, and again, this is again, me flashing my bad dad card uh, the other day, and it made me kind of like really feel bad about myself. Uh, one of the girls was, uh, I can't remember exactly what she was doing. She had, she had done something mm-hmm. to her sister, hurt her sister in some way. She was sitting in the back of the van in the driveway, like we were in the garage we were doing something but like something that happened a, a injury slash hurting had occurred from the one sister to yeah. the other sister and I came over to the van and I'm like what are you doing and I literally just like made that motion of like a, what like yeah, throwing my arms out like a flex and motion and, and she like flinched yeah. like I was going to smack her in the head which I've never done I mean I've spanked I'm, I'm a spanker we spank our kids yeah. I have no problem in that but I've never just hauled off and smacked my kid in the head for no good reason and the way this kid flinched made me feel like you scared your child well it made me actually be like it made me mad that she flinched I was like are you serious right now like you're acting like I'm just gonna haul off and hit you in the head but and I want to stress this. This is not a good thing. I also kind of felt like I'm kind of glad that she was scared okay. for hurting her sister. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand. Not in a we, way we, to we, where we, she was scared that I was going to hit her, but there, the, there was fear that there was a repercussion we, coming. We might not be getting to the desired conclusion <laughs> the correct way here. Okay. This is, this is, this is a little older. Let's hear it, Dr. So, Phil. Yeah, here we Let's go. Let's hear it. Here we go, Dr. Phil. Okay. So, and, and we'll bring this back to the job. Do you think because of the job, that you do not take things as seriously as like your wife does, um, or your friends do that aren't on the job in relation to, let's say, if it's not on fire and nobody's bleeding, I don't really consider things an emergency. Agreed. I understand like, cause you know, yes. my wife will come in like, this needs to get done right away. No, and I'm like, is something really, on fire? It really doesn't. No, it really doesn't. Yes. And it makes my wife angry because I am not nearly at the same level that yep. she's at. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. Okay. So getting back to uh, scaring your children to death. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Grew up in the great. 70s, primarily Irish Catholic family. And my father um, liked to drink a lot. Um, I was a, fr- a very afraid of my father, uh, probably up until I was 
11 years old, my mom and dad got divorced. <laughs> and, and I'm not kidding you, um, fear. Because he would be drunk and he was handsy. <laughs> and if I spilled the milk at the Boom. table, it came right back to me. He would go from zero to 100 miles an hour and say, like stand up, the chair would go flying across a room and he would lose his mind right. over spilled milk. Right. And to the point where, as a four-year-old, is very traumatic to see a, a grown man That's what I who is about. Tw- like four times the size of me, hovering over me, yelling at me, why, you know, why, you know, screaming expletives at, at a, a child of why you can't m- not make this happen. To the point where I would touch my milk and I would shake <laughs> because I was afraid to spill this. So you're tr- like, you know, and. and you know, you don't think that you're doing it to your child because guess what? I'm dad, and I love, and you know you love your child, right? But yeah. you you don't you don't see it from their side of it, right? Um, oh yeah. And uh, I think what helped me in having children is I did not want to be that person to my child. So I mean, you know me; I don't drink around my kids ever. Um, have I punished my children by spanking them? Yeah, when they were little. Um, but now I realize, especially with my kids, that physicality is not going to do anything. Like I'll wrestle with my son, yeah. but my daughter's 13 now. And, you know, yeah, I think when they get to a certain age, there's really not a, cause even myself, I don't remember. I mean, maybe if I really thought back, I could think, I mean, maybe of the age of six, did I ever catch a spanking? Yeah. Oh. You know what I mean? But there was a, there was a respective fear oh the fear of god yeah no no i'm not pissing off my like it was but the here's the thing though my mom was very liberal with the spankings long way further than that but it was the threat of wait till till your father oh jesus sweet jesus and the thing is though is i could i i feel like and again i could be completely wrong on this i'm sure there was more than this but I could count on one hand the number of times that I remember getting the actual spanking from oh. my dad. But it was such a the the fear of getting the spanking was more. I'll tell so. you a story. I tell a story around my family all the time. My sister, this was in the seventies, uh, ate a candy bar, half a candy bar. She was in the kitchen. Somebody came into the kitchen, was going to catch her. So she takes the candy bar, shoves it in a cabinet, like a pots and pans cabinet. Like a day later. The old man and my mom find the candy bar in the cabinet. And they're like, who did this? So they asked me, and I'm like, I got no idea. Asked my sister, and she's like, I got no idea. <laughs> Automatically, who takes a solid ass whooping? <laughs> you! Solid ass whooping. For it. <laughs> to the point where I was taking touch of an ass whooping, my sister told my dad that I did it. I mean, no, 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 that she did it. Oh, shit. So she comes clean with it. Uh, never, hey, son, I'm sorry. Nothing, just whatever. <laughs> you um, got what you got. So, so I got what you got. So then, um, and, and and there's, I mean, in between that and there, there's plenty of ass weapons. But uh, I remember. Uh, that's KGB style. That's, yeah, you didn't deserve it this time, but that's for the next time that you do deserve so, it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm saying to myself, this guy's out of his fucking mind. And, and I'm a kid. Fourth grade, I came home with uh, a D in spelling report card. My father had an office in the house, had a desk, and there were two chairs across from it, and I remember I sat in the 
what if you're looking at it, I sat in the left hand chair, and next to me in the right hand chair was a closed black Samsonite briefcase. Okay, this is how, how vivid this is to me. <laughs> you know what a Samsonite briefcase is? Yes. In the commercial, they had a gorilla jumping on it and couldn't break it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old man comes in, tells me to sit down in the office. I sit down. I'm already scared. <laughs> Samsonite briefcase is next to me in the chair. Old man takes his belt off, hits the briefcase on the top with the belt. Like, it sounded like, like a gunshot went off. Left a white mark on the Samsonite briefcase. Okay? No, no, it gets even better. At this point, at nine years old, I piss myself because I think I'm going to fucking die because the old man's nuts. So this is, so this is real weird. Um, and my mom steps in there, and I think at that point in time, maybe the old man had an epiphany and realized, holy shit, uh, my kids think that I'm going to kill them, and, and I didn't get an ass whooping for this. Um, but shortly after that was when I was nine. My parents got divorced when I was 11. And uh, uh, he moved us down here to Florida. And then uh, a year, not even a year went by, and we, I moved back to New Jersey with my mom. So when I lived with my father, uh, till I was 11, he made a lot of money. So I lived in a big house with a pool. I remember uh, my father had airplanes, like flew airplanes, no joke. Uh, I remember having a Ferrari in the garage. Oh, wow. Yeah, no shit. Always drove a Cadillac or a Lincoln or something big money was. Uh, so we get, the divorce goes through, and I'm 11 years old. We move back into a two-bedroom, one-bath house in New Jersey. My mom sleeps on the couch for a couple of years. Oh, wow. Um, to the point where we were really poor. To the, you know, um, you're buying the sneakers without the names on them. Or I remember my mom buying, like, uh, tidy-whitey budget underwear at the supermarket out of the bin. Like, really cheap stuff and, yeah, it, and, yeah. and and god bless her not to mess with her because she tried to make the ends meet but we had nothing um until you know a couple years and then we got back on our feet and we had a house and, and of course after that we were just never had money to go do things right uh and i wouldn't say we were poor at all we were kind of like middle class lower middle class just you know getting by um but it was good for me in that there was adversity you know, um, okay, I, I knew what it was like to have my own room, you know, and, and live in a big house and have a pool and stuff like that, but I also had to live with the devil. So guess what? Would I rather have money and live with the devil who I was afraid of coming home and beat my ass every day? Or would I rather live, not, you know, not as nice, but not have that worry? And, you know, having, having my father a thousand miles away to where he couldn't say anything to me. Right. Um, so I, I think that was an experience. And also seeing my mom work so hard to take care of two kids, you know, and, and work her job and sleep on the couch and really persevere and, and sacrifice so I could see that and say, hey, guess what? If she can do this, I can do this. Right. You know, I, and, and in that sense... Um, you know, I think that was a, a good learning life lesson of, hey, guess what? Things may not be monetarily better, but life's life better, yeah. Right. You know, mentally better, without a doubt. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, you, I can bring that to my own parenting. Now, I do think I'm a little bit of a helicopter parent. I hover around my kids a little bit. Not as much... As I see a lot of people, but no, I, you know, and just the same as you are, I don't want any harm to come to my children. 
I want them to have a wonderful life and a better life than what I have. Right. You know, and, and I'll do anything for them. Um, but I'm also... But how much does that fuck them up? That's what my concern well, is. Well, would you rather have them, you know, traumatized by their parent and afraid of getting their ass beat? Or would you... You know what I'm saying? Okay, right. guilty as charged. I would rather err on the side of... I'm not saying protect my kids, but... You don't want them, yeah, you want them to, here's the reality is like, so my dad was, he was my best man at my wedding. Like we are very, very, very tight. And I, obviously I can't be the best man at, I have three girls. I can't have, I can't can't be their maid of honor. You're going to walk a few down the aisle. Yeah, right. But uh, the thing is though is, do I hope that that day comes where they want me each to walk me, Hell walk yeah. them down the aisle? Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do I want them to be very much concerned that I, whether I am okay with the guy they're marrying? Yes. Yeah, you I want them to be, yes. I want them to be more concerned with him asking my permission yep. to marry them than them ever being worried about if that piece of shit, because they're all going to be piece of shits in my mind, <laughs> that they're allowed to marry my daughter. Like, what if he's a super nice guy? I don't give a fuck. I don't like that guy ever. Really? No. I may grow to like them, Just, but it's going to... How do you get along with your father-in-law? <laughs> uh, we actually get along pretty good, yeah. but I would... If he... if Literally, if I saw him tomorrow and he was like, I think you're a piece of shit, I'd be like, I am a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would... I'd be like, I'm sorry. I did I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry I knocked up your daughter. Like, I'm... You know, like, I, I would. So, I would feel bad. Because here's the reality, though, is like, I... And again, this is, you know... May, I don't think it's really old-fashioned thing. I think it's very respectful because, you know, I did at I asked his permission, and I didn't say anything to her mom. And I love her mom to death, but I asked his permission because, in my mind, at the end of the day, and it is kind of shitty the way we do it in like the but it's his daughter. Know, the real world is like if he said. No, you can't ask for her permission. Guess what? I would have I would have been like, is there anything I can do to yes. change your mind? Yeah, because I want this to happen. Yeah, like I I think that that to me that to me is paramount. Like I would much rather and again, kind of going back to what we said about like instilling like character that, that character yes. in our children is like my daughters don't have, obviously I have daughters. They don't have to worry about that of asking my permit, but like, I hope that they find, they, they have the character to find a guy that wants to go. It's your job to raise it. And that's what scares the shit out of me because you know, as well as I do doing this job, they're going to be kids from fucking really good upbringings that are pieces of shit. Totally understand. There's Uh, fucking wires crossed sometimes. But good upbringings, how? Did their parents have character that raised them? You know what I'm saying? No, no, yeah, I agree. So you're I mean think by that, example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna try. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna okay. try. But once again, I can I can tell you this, and being a little bit older than you, when I was a boy, I could act like a boy. 
But now that I'm a man, I have to act like I'm a man. So I have to give up childish things. And you know me, I'm a confirmed idiot. (laughs) Without a doubt. And you see me do idiotic stuff in life. It's the way things are. Uh, But as you know, like I said before, I don't drink around my children. I don't cuss around my children. Um, Just making me feel terrible. No, no. No, But it's a choice that I have to make. And you know me. I mean, I'll I'll cuss with the best of them. (laughs) But... I don't bring that home to them or to my wife, you know, because yeah. they don't deserve it and I want them to be better. So, and, and I know you guys always would say, you're a totally different person around your wife. Yeah, you're damn right. I, am. <laughs> um, I want her to like me. No, no well, <laughs> because they're, and, and I explain this to my wife and, it, and it's a hard sell sometimes, but most men never get past the point of like 14 years old. We're idiots. Oh, so I don't couch, even know if I'm there. My son and I are sitting on the couch yesterday, and we're watching this guy with an AK-47 <laughs> shoot gigantic <laughs> bottles of mayonnaise and, yeah. and ranch dressing. The Russian guy? No, and that's, oh, yeah, okay. And, and <laughs> what was it, nacho cheese? And so this guy's shooting full auto, and he's shooting his stuff. And my son and I were like, yeah. And my wife's like, sitting on the same couch. So and she, I could see her looking at us, and she's like, these two are freaking in. A nine-year-old and a 48-year-old watching the same thing like, yeah, dumbasses. And this poor woman is stuck in the house with our two stupid asses. But, uh, hey, guess what? She signed up for it, too. So she gets it. She yeah. knows who I am. Um, but you, you can't. You can't do stupid stuff like that around your family anymore because um, the repercussions are too, are too great. It's it's too great because you know you say to yourself, you know, I expect this result from from my hard work. You know, of course, we all work to to make retirement and do all that. But your your ultimate product that you're comp- going to produce in this world is your children. You know, and you want them to do something great. Yeah. And, not, and I'm not saying they have to be like some type of physicist. No, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, great isn't even the right word. I want them to be, happy. I want them to be happy. Yes. And, and fulfilled. Fun- functional. I just want them to yeah. be functional. Like, I want them to not struggle. Yeah. Like, I feel like that is a good terminology yeah. because, like, I got to tell you right now, like, listen, we're sitting here doing a podcast in my garage yeah. of my house. That is filled with shit. Like, reality is, I, I'm doing all right. Like, we're doing, doing great. Do, right. Do I have bills? Yes. Do I have worries and concerns about certain things in my life? Yeah. But it, ultimately, how's it on nah, Not really. <laughs> Nobody's bleeding. Yeah. So, not yeah, really. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not concerned about a fucking warlord. Or a drug lord no. or whoever no. rolling down the street and saying, hey, that's my house now. No, I'm not concerned with that because the reality is, is like, that, yes, we won the fucking lottery. We live in America. Oh. We already won the lottery. Yeah. That being said, I've also won the second lottery of I grew up with decent parents that taught me they – Again, kind of like you, they were middle class. They were not, I mean, we weren't high society by any means. But not only that, they taught me right from wrong. They taught me a good work ethic. They taught me a hard, hey, hard work pays off. By example. Yeah. And you do, listen, is hard work going to pay off in the sense of like, hey, you're going to be a bit? No. But you work your ass off 
You do what you can do, and you fucking provide for your family. That's listen. I can't ask for another. No, you have a great life. No, I do. I, I listen as much as I and people that have listened to this podcast before and that know me. I'm a bitch about my kids, my family. Listen, I love all of them. I'm grateful for everything. I can't be more happy with how my life has turned out. I'll tell you right now. All I try to do every day is to better myself as to not being such a big piece of shit because <laughs> ultimately you and I both know I am a piece of shit and I'm just trying to be less of one every say, day. I um, you got some work to put in, but you all <laughs> right? You got some work to put in. <laughs> That's true. That's all. Very true. Uh, but, That's an honest statement. But you got to understand, I mean, I got what, 15 years on you? Oh, yeah. So... We're at different points in our life. So at, in my 30s, early 30s, yeah, I, I still felt invincible. I felt great. Oh, I don't feel invincible. Oh, so did. you're already ahead of me. No, no, until the wheels I, started coming off. I already feel breakable. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, you felt like you knew something. You felt like you had the world by the tail. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, I, I know what's going on. You're establishing your job. Yeah. You're married. You got kids. Everything's going the way that it should go. You know, and you're like, okay, you know. I'm, Should. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm getting ahead of things. Here. Until that one bad day. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's how you are going to persevere through that. Okay, great. And then you realize yourself, what's important to me? It, you know, is going out and hanging out with my friends important? Or uh, is, you know, spending time with my kids more important? Today, uh, and, you know, I know you listen to Jocko's podcast. And I have taught my nine-year-old son that discipline equals freedom. So we got his book report done today so that he could be free for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. And he understands this. You know, and I, I, like, he had an epiphany. He's like, you know what, if I get my stuff done, he reads his book now to do his reading in the car ride home, opposed to watching videos on the phone so that he can go home and have more playtime doing whatever he wants to do on the Nintendo. Right. So he's learning early of, hey, this is what I need to do. Also, in sending him to school, you know, at his school, they're teaching him finance. So he has to rent his desk every month, and he has to pay taxes. Oh, so he cool. comes home one day, he's like, Dad, I hate taxes. I'm like, yeah, me too, buddy. Um, but at nine, <laughs> Don't we all? But at nine years old, he's learning that things cost money. And, you know, if you want to use somebody else's uh, property, they're going to charge you for it. So... I don't think when he becomes an adult, there's going to be this shock of, oh, guess what? Yeah. Now I have bills to pay. No. Um, and I think that's one thing that, you know, the school system is not teaching our children now is uh, simple things like finance, civics, you know, regular things, how the government works, um, and, and getting back to police work. I think one of the biggest problems that parents aren't teaching their children uh, in relation to police work, is um, police. I've never convicted anybody in my life. Never. Charge people. Me um, either. But, yeah, uh, I get to charge people. You've been but, doing it 23 years. Yeah. So, I'm 12 years in. Yeah. Combined, neither of us have yeah. ever convicted, convicted a, a soul no. and, of uh, any crime. Either way, when my, my report is done, I send it to the state attorney, and they're going to evaluate whether they're going to prosecute or not, and that's on them. I don't sway them in any way. I, I can't. Um, and it's the same thing with convictions. I've never fought a conviction in my life. 
whatever you get, you get. Yeah. Um, and, and that's on you as, as a, a citizen or whatever, as a bad guy. Uh, you know, I can only charge you. And if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I do my best job to write the best report that I can. I was just going to say, that goes back to playing the game. Yeah. You do your part. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it sometimes doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, it's a, it's, uh, but it's that's what people need to educate their children on is, hey, when I stop you on the side of the road, this isn't a debate. Right. You know, this isn't time for you to start telling me, you know, what you know about the law. That's not the time for it. There is a time. And it's, it's yes. if you go to court, then you will have an attorney and you can hire somebody that you want. But uh, Or you can, I you think, can represent yourself, yes. which that always works out great for most but, people. But I think uh, what the problem is, is the parents don't explain to them that by arguing with someone, you're going to escalate what's going to happen. You know, rather than, and it's hard because a lot of times people are emotional, but, uh, you know, this is not the time to argue. Right. And it's hard. Man, I'm not that guy either. You know, uh, I'm not the person to sit there and have somebody yelling at me and say, all right, I'm just going to sit here and take it. Uh, and then not that I'm going to yell at somebody on the roadside, but if, you know, I give you a ticket, you have an option. Yeah, like that part's done. Like I, I, I've said this before though too, is like at that point, your argument is invalid because like you said, it's not going to, do you think and I, I, I ask this of people that, again, they've gotten a ticket. And not that I've had this happen a lot, but when people are like, I can't believe, why are you giving me a ticket? And I explain to them. And, I, and again, you've not, we've never worked directly with each other on the road, but I'll tell you right now, I feel like we're probably very similar in the sense that it's like, oh, I... I walk up, I tell them why I stopped them. I give Without them... Without a doubt. I, hey, this is what happened. This is what you did. Blah, 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 blah. A lot of times, guess what? Those people usually leave with a warning. In most cases, for me. Now, there are certain instances where it's like, hey... People talk themselves and get a ticket. You, you have to leave with a ticket. Well, it might not even be up to me. Sometimes, a lot of them... Hey, your registration is now expired. Yeah, you know, eight it's going to Yeah, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do for you at this point. You've done that part. But guess what? I'm not giving you a ticket for the regional reason I stopped you, which was your tag lights yeah. out, your headlights out, your taillights yeah. out, whatever. I'm just going to give you a warning on that. Yeah. But that being said, here's this ticket. And guess what? Like you just said, I'm not the person to argue with that. And I, I've told this to, to countless people. I go, the law is not black and white. There's a lot of gray. However, for the most part, cops are only allowed to work in the black and white. We have this, you get this. You do this, we get this. Now, is there room for us to, yes, we, do we have some form of discretion? Yeah. discretion? Yeah. 100%. However, just like I said, there are some times, though, where this occurs, then this has to occur. There's no, we don't yeah, have yeah, that. Yeah, there's nothing I can do here. And I, I've told that to people countless times, especially in regards to tickets, because I'm not a ticket guy by any means. But uh, there's sometimes where it occurs and you go, hey, this is, it is what it is. Well, here's, there you go. Here's, unfortunately, the way it works where we work. They can't tell you to write tickets, number wise. 
but they can tell you that they expect productivity. That's the, the key yes. word. So what is productivity? Well, Warnings. I, well, yes, but I can tell you this. At the end of the month, if you come in with one citation and 10 warnings, and uh, you know, you're gonna get a talking to by a supervisor who's gonna say, what are you doing? And you say, well, you know, I stopped 11 people and one person got a ticket. Okay, uh, I guarantee you that guy's gonna get a talking to about it. And the unwritten rule, and I mean, I can be as truthful as anybody else's, 10 and 10. You want 10 citations and 10 field interviews of people. That's yes. what every supervisor will tell you. Um, Which a field interview, for those that don't know, is where basically, it's like a consensual encounter, for the most part, with someone, but you're basically documenting that you made contact with someone. You're in, in, in this field encounter, literally, it's, it, it's nothing. Like, it's literally like going to... I saw a guy screaming on the side of the road. It's, it's I stopped. literally yeah. almost like filling out for a library card. Like that's how much information you give. You give your name. You give your date of birth. Yeah. You give your address. That's it. I, I and I make my bones on that with all my homeless people. Oh yeah. I found this guy well, on this corner. How many people day. though? Like I mean, you start working a, a, an area, a zone, whatever. I've gotten to where like I can literally go. Oh, there's Johnny filling the blank. Yeah, I'm right there. He was. A, he, hey Johnny, what's going on, man? Not much. Hey, you still over at blah, blah, blah? Yeah. All right, man. Have a good night. That's it. Yeah. Because here's the reality. Did you just make contact with that individual? You did. 100%. But guess what? It's the game. It is the game. And you know what, though, too? There's something to be said for that. I'm not shaking that guy down. No. Every time I see him. But you do put him at a place and a time. So guess what? If that guy's a burglar... And you didn't have any probable cause to stop him or anything. And guess guess what I do... Now, more than ever, I list, I list the the bike they're riding. Yeah. If I can, the shoes they were wearing. Yep. I list what they were wearing because ultimately, what ends up happening in the the realm, the field of law enforcement, these bulletins come out that goes, "Hey, can you identify this individual?" And they give you this blurry ass like yeah. photo of. But you see the shoe. You can't understand what it is, <laughs> and you go, "Oh shit, that looks like a black Nike swoosh on the front of their sweatshirt." Yeah. I remember that on the front of that white sweatshirt that yeah. I stopped on, Joe fill in the blank, and you go, "Hey, hey, that check this, check this fi this field yeah. interview Could be this where hey see if he was around there at this time and." Oh, lo and behold, sure as shit, Joe Shizag broke into a vehicle. Oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. And again, but what does that come back to? What you were talking about earlier. That was, that's fucking community policing. That's uh, just, you're just, you're doing your part in that instant to do the thing. Like, it's not going above me on, you're not being a dick, you're not doing anything. You literally go, oh, hey, I know, I know Joe. Yeah. I know who Joe is. Like, he's, he's over there on... You know, one, two, three, Verona Street. Let's go. Yeah, we'll go pick him out. Yeah. Yeah. And. But, you know, I mean, you are there for 12 hours a day. They expect you to do something. And and they're damn right about getting their dollar out of you because they should. I mean, you swore to, you know, you should be out there working. I'm not mad about that. No. So, you know what? You go and you do exactly what they want you to do because that's what Well, my thing is too, though, like when, and I get this a lot, you know, I'm sure you do too, especially when you get the, obviously, like not 
all the people we hang out with are law enforcement and stuff. They'll they'll make their comments or say this stuff like, oh, cops never where you need them and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, the reality is, and I, I used to say this, especially when I worked in the jail, was you're paying me. Like, so you're paying me for the 10% of the time of me dealing with something. That you don't want to deal with, yeah. That you, like, you're, or you're paying me for 90% of the time for that 10% of the time you don't want to deal with what it is I'm dealing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the reality is like, listen, I'll tell you right now, I've never, ever in my life thought, you know what would be fun? Fighting a naked guy. I've never thought that. How many times have I had to do it? More times than you'd like to. More times than I would like to think about. Yes, exactly. Not even just a naked guy, a naked person. Because I'll tell you right now, the naked ladies that I've had to the do what? Not only that, it's not like I'm I'm not fighting some supermodel. It's not like no. oh shit, check out well, this shit. You know what I mean? Okay, so there's never like I'm snapping a picture ahead of time going. I'm going to save this for the spank bank for later. Well, they are okay. trolls. And they can fight like trolls, oh, yeah. too. So when I drive around with the kids, yeah, and we'll be driving, and I'll see a homeless person that I recognize, and I'll say, hey, that's so-and-so. I, said, I tell the kids, I said, what's that person look like? And they can say, oh, he looks gross. It looks like he smells. I said, yeah, guess what? <laughs> i got to put my hands on that guy. I have to search him, take everything out of his pockets, reach down his pants, make sure that he's got no weapons on him, and take him to jail. And I said, and you're right, he does smell. Stinky boy. Stinks. He's stinky. Like a goat. Yeah. And you're like, and this guy goes in your car, he, your car smells like a billy goat for the rest of the shift. Yeah. And, you know, that's what you're paying me to do is... is no. The other day, I saw a bum with this fucking... One, one, one flip-flop, right? And it gave me a flashback of one time my dad told me about one of the best bum encounters he ever had was... They were stopped at a light, him and his buddy that he used to work with, and the guy's wearing one shoe. And his buddy rolls down the window and he goes, hey, bum! Because he's flat, he's, yeah. he's flashing us. He goes, hey, bum! He goes, yeah, he goes, <laughs> he goes, you lose a shoe? Bum goes, no, found one. And I was just like, that was the, that was the best it was answer. Smart, it was a smarter guy here. Right. It was like, that was the best answer I could have, you could have given in they that are, moment. They are like, intrepid and durable people. Oh my gosh. They love them steel reserves too, oh. man. I had one earlier today. I was, I'm feeling me. it. It wasn't bad. Hey, let me ask you. Tonight is the night. I don't even know what time No, it doesn't matter. Be. It's two old men fighting. You, who do you got, though? Mike Tyson? Yeah. What is this bullshit I hear about them not doing? Someone said that they're I like, think it's all lies. Oh, Listen, they're not going to do knockout punches. I don't know, but if Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson is, is doing a knockout punch. Oh, yeah. I hope to oh, God. That was mine. Jones still, went in you're there. You're looking at some... Listen, and they're older than me. But you're looking at some geriatric old guys. You're lucky you don't break a hip. Listen... I will test. I will, I will test you that things happen yeah. when you get older. Yes. What? <laughs> tell me about this. So, what happened? Tell me what happened. Distal bicep tendon rupture. There this you go. wasn't from jerking off. Well, no. Okay. Uh, I'm sure cumulatively, maybe. Uh, no. Yeah, no. Okay. It could, um, it could be a buildup. I think what happened was uh, throughout time and working out. 
it's just like a ball joint in a car or something like that or a belt, it's going to wear. Yes. And uh, I was working and I had a recruit and we had 10, 15 of this guy. So I put hands on him and recruit cuffs this guy up. You know, I was on the, the guy's left side, recruit was on the right side. We get him in the bracelets. We're all good to go. Recruit starts walking the guy to the car and the guy automatically, you know, he's a domestic battery suspect, turns into an idiot walking past the Tahoe and slams his head into my back window. Like an attempt to break it to be an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like the recruit was walking him by the one arm and he, you know, not the recruit's fault. Guy banged his head off the car window. So I went to go grab this guy's other arm, reached out and popped my bicep. That's it. So, you know, I, I, uh, I did a workout and I felt a little pain in it like a couple weeks before. Um, but I was doing pull-ups and everything just fine. So I don't know. I just think I might, uh, you know, just over time and let go and it work it let go. So, so I just reached my arm out to grab this guy. I didn't even touch him and it popped off. And I was like, wow, that really hurt for a second. And I was like, okay, this is weird. But, uh, you know, uh, until you've been injured, there's been being hurt and injured. I was like, something's wrong. Right. Because I had lost power in the arm. Uh, and in speaking with my doctor, he says you'll lose like 50% or more uh, of strength in the arm. So I was like, okay. So uh, they went in, reattached it with a, a, an anchor into my bone. And uh, it's like a 12-week so deal. Old. I know. Well, considering I don't have the short head on either shoulder either on the tops. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, your shoulders are all jacked, too. Um, now, getting back to it. If I would have taken another route, and let's say I got promoted and worked in the office all day and chilled out for the last 20-some-odd years, probably would be better off physically. But it's between how you want to live your life. I, Dude... I was just going to say, though, like, I, and, God dang, I can't believe how many times. Maybe it's just because we did them so close together that I'm able to reference these so many times. But literally, what we were talking about this morning is, like, how do you want to, like, I, we were talking about how, uh, like, the 74-year-old that we roll with. Yeah. That it's like, God. And I roll with that cat. I, I hope I move that good when I'm 40. Hell yeah. 50. Now, let alone 74. Now, but that being said, though, is that dude going to ball me up? No. No, no, no. But he's able but to defend himself. And it, let's say yeah. that guy yeah. rolled up against somebody my age with no training, he would destroy them. Well, not only that, though, like, how much better do you think it is for him Help to us. be able yeah. to get on the mat and move, and move his body and do, get his joints moving? Yes. yes. And be, I understand. The um, breathing, the physical. Like, my biggest. My biggest concern for my own well-being for the future is like, and we had this discussion, I remember I had this discussion when we first got on the SWAT team, and you, you know, when you thought I was still a retard, and maybe still do, but you literally said to me, you go, hey, there's going to come a day where something wears out. Yeah, you go, you're not, you're not going to, he go, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't matter. You go, you and I've, I've used this metaphor many times with other people. It's like, it's just like a car. You can take real good care of it. Eventually, you're going to have to replace the tires. Once you get 300,000 miles on yeah. a bitch, it's going to go. You got to rotate the tires. You got to change the belts. You got to do, you know what I mean? And it's just wear and tear. So I think it's how 
and, uh, and it's kind of the same thing with jiu-jitsu, is how far you're going to go is how much you're going to persevere. It sucks. When you're white belt, it sucks. And then you get to be a blue belt, and it sucks. Yeah. I mean, as you move up the ranks, you know, it gets better, but it's still painful. Right. You know, it, it's still, uh, you know, maybe I'm not getting balled up as much, but guess what? This isn't pleasant. You know, you're right. always going to run into that guy in the gym who's going to put you on your back and put his knee in your belly, and you're going to be like, I don't have an answer for this right now. And you're like, wow. Um, and that's where I'm at in getting uh, both my shoulders done. And now with this, it, um, I, I think it's who you are. So, you know, I, I had the slap tear in the left shoulder in 2011. Mm. And I did the, the right one twice in 14 because they popped it in rehab. So now I got the bicep on the right side that went on the bottom. And for me, it's... Uh, it's a process. So when I did it, I was like, shit, um, I'm going to be out of work for a little bit. I'm going to be on pills because it's going to hurt. Uh, and I'm going to have to rehab it. Now, what's that do for your wipe game? Or are you having to wipe with the left hand now? Or? I'm ambidextrous. Are you? I'll be just fine. Yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, you know I shoot with the like yeah, pistol yeah, yeah. with the right hand. I just right remember hand. when I when I did my spleen, nothing. I couldn't reach that way, so I had to do left I hand. I did not bother. I I had to, it was a it was a game changer for me. Same same when I taught you to shoot rifle, you have a right side and you have a left side. Yeah. And I don't care what your primary side is because when your primary side goes down, guess what? Your left side's your primary. You side. have to, yeah. So it doesn't matter to you know it. It doesn't matter. You're going to adapt. You know, if you're if you're going to move on in life, you're going to adapt to whatever works for you. So, right. um, it's, so it's for me, it's the ride back. So now, yeah, I got to get better and do the rehab. Now at 48 years old, I'm different than I was, you know. Oh yeah. At at 38 or 39, but what 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 else would I do? Am I just going to go curl up in a ball? I was just going to say, you can't just stop. No, no. Like, you're not so going to just be a. My, here's the process invalid. that I always do. A uh, couple weeks, I'm two weeks out of surgery now. I get fat. I'm a little fatty right now. I eat a lot of crappy food. Uh, and I'm sleeping a lot. And I'm pretty much just doing nothing. What's going to happen? Tomorrow, I'm going to start working out a little bit. I'm going to work the left side of my body, work my legs. And get myself back up and moving a little bit, depending on what the doctor lets me do. Gonna be a little smarter. Um, thing is though, is like, you know, I don't wanna throw anyone under the bus because whatever, but I, I know someone in particular, and I won't say names, but uh, he's very overweight, and he's like, listen man, go for a walk. Just go walk around, go do your walk. Listen, does it feel as good as throwing weights around or doing some jujitsu. No. Go walk. Run. Just go do your walk. That's Being able it. to run is a gift. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, I mean, I've done two, new, uh, two knee rehabs. Like What's so meniscus. funny, how much, how much do people hate running? Hate it. I hate it. But I hate it. But it's a gift. Um, and I am not genetically predisposed to be a good runner. But think about this. Oh, I know. I've seen you run. When you, yeah, exactly. A lot of, <laughs> lot, lot of movement, but not going forward. Um, Get them blades out, baby. Yeah. Get them blades out. So, but it's a gift because um, it's natural. You see kids run. You know, when you're... Oh, yeah. And I would hate to sit there and say to myself, well, I can't run today. Or 
you know, I see these people like at Walmart who've eaten themselves into like those mechanical chairs. Oh my God. Uh, so that's a choice. I mean, and I'm not saying for every one of those people, but for a lot of those people, it's the a vast choice. majority. They chose to be in that chair. The vast majority. Um, and I would rather choose to get off my ass and move around a little bit. And once again, we're talking about, you know, with children setting the example. I work out in my garage the same as you do. My kids see me do it. So guess what? You know, the wife and I work out in the garage. They see us both do it. Lead by example. They come out and do the same thing. Yeah. yeah start moving you your body. I want to do a workout. They do. I can't tell you how many times I've had the kids come yeah, out here. come out here. And I don't care if you flop around like a it. fish. Yeah. Go do something. Do something. Um, and it's setting the example to say, hey, guess what? I, you know, I may be getting older, but I'm not dead. You know, and I can still work out and I can still, you know, compete. At yeah. Times. The harder part of it is... Um, and recently, with the SWAT tryout, I had never felt 48 years old in my life until that day. I remember the next day you were you were saying you were like, I said, I go, how you feeling? You go, that was the first time I felt 48. Because I feel because I'm an idiot in my head, and I know I can do things. Um, uh, but I think that's important, though. Very I think, important. I think that I don't think that's the wrong attitude to have, though. What you just said. I don't think it's wrong to be an idiot and think of like, hey, I get... To, uh, a perfect example. Today, we're at this... A, a kid's birthday party, right? And uh, a bunch of the dads, we're all playing can jam, right? We're playing, and the kids are riding around on their bikes. They're doing these little bike ramps. Yeah. They're doing the scooters. They're doing their thing. Well, there was like a lull in the activity. The kids are playing football. I hopped on one of the kids' bikes. Oh, boy. And I was like... It was like a little BMX bike, you know, and I obviously not. Like and you felt like a giant on it, didn't you? Grand. Yeah, I felt yeah. big, and I was kind of like, oh. but I started like popping some wheelies and stuff, and like, I was kind of like, hmm. and I popped them enough so that like, I remembered when I was a kid, I got to where I could like pop a wheelie and ride it, yeah, for a little ways, and again, maybe it was because the bike was smaller or whatever, but like I popped it a couple times and like I I, I landed on my feet, and I mean I had been drinking. For yeah. a little bit but like i land on my feet and like after like the third time of realizing like oh man this you is kind of away i went yeah i'm good because Thank here's you. what's gonna happen i'm i don't think it was because i was drinking i honestly think that was a part of it but i think that the bike was not the right size for me uh i'd been mm, i don't know 15 20 years since i had done that yeah. activity and Maybe doing it on an asphalt road. Bad idea. After drinking a lot. Maybe not the greatest thing to do. And I think that that whole, that adage of like, oh, youth is wasted on the young. It is because the youth can take the beating. People think it's wasted. I don't think it's wasted. I think it's the youth can take the beating so that hopefully you can learn, learn, yeah. learn but to also, fight another day, but also right? They're not like live to, to fight that, another well, day. They don't have enough wisdom at that point in time to say, oh, I quit. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Do it again. That's exactly. Yes. Because literally I was like thinking, I was like, I could take this bike off so, and jump. And then I was thinking, and then after doing a couple wheelies, I went, yeah, I'm good. And I laid the bike down and I walked away and I didn't even feel bad about it because I went, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Like, like maybe, I'm going to uh, get hurt if I stay on this well, thing. Well, maybe we're both getting a little older and a little wiser. That's mm, wisdom. That's laps around the sun. Definitely. Uh, 
definitely something. Here's okay, but here's the harder part for me, uh, ego wise. I am never gonna be as physical as I once was. Never, not gonna happen. I'm too banged up now, and uh, that's got to be tough to like. Yeah, but guess what? Uh, it's not just me. And we mentioned today, Mike Tyson's gonna fight. Uh, was it uh, Roy Jones? Roy Jones. Yeah. Okay, one day. Roy Jones was the best boxer on the planet. And another day, he wasn't. Right. Now, believe you me, I am certainly not putting myself in any category close to the athlete that he is. No, it's okay. You, but uh, there's a point in your life... You want to fight Mike Tyson? No. I get God, it. No, no. I, would, I, are, I could not run him either. Next fight, Mike Tyson. Uh, we got it. Okay, go ahead. But there comes a point in your life when you say to yourself, uh, that's passed me by. Right. And it's unfortunate um, it does. Are there still goals out there that I want to hit? Yes, there are. But they have to be different. Not as physical. Right. Um, I think there has to be something to be said, though, for the, uh, the outlier of... Uh, and, and again, this is maybe just me mentally more so, like a mental... Um, that's the right word. Like, almost like a mental trick that I'll do to myself sometimes when I'm whether it's working out or going for a run where I will tell myself, you, you play up these scenarios in your head. Of course. Gotta go faster. Go, I understand. Do this. I'm gonna do this. And it pushes you harder. Totally understand. Right. Yeah. So I think that's important though too, is like not to, you don't want to ever completely squash. No, your, but, but there's not too many, and, and you know, you and I are like the, the fight game. You don't see too many guys go out on top like Khabib. You see more guys like Vitor or like Randy, you know. Who, Anderson Silva. Yeah, who just, just ride it, it out. Yeah, and just though, leave, man. Guys who are super badass. No, because it's then their ego. It's in their DNA. That's who they yeah, are. They can't. They yeah. can't. And, and I don't blame them at all because I know how they feel. Because you look at it and you say, I could do it one well, more time. Well, especially them. They were the At that best. Level. Yeah. Especially like Anderson Silva. Yeah. Like literally he could argue. Best I mean, besides time. his one knockout. But but with Luke Rockhold before he broke his leg. Yeah. Literally. Arguably the best pound for pound fighter there was. Well what you say is yourself, on his best day, how good was he? <sighs> Unstoppable. Right. Unstoppable. And for him to and I get it, like you just said, for him to just go. Where'd it go? Oh, I'm done. No, he still's got to feel that, like he still has to, because I guarantee you, him even after all the shit he's been through, like today, so today was uh, Saturday. Saturday morning, he goes to the gym and train. He is hands down best guy, probably ever. not even half trying, better than ninety nine percent of the people in his gym. But just like anything else, there's another lion. Who's younger than you, who woke up earlier than you, who trained harder than you, and is not as banged up as well, you. Well, did you hear, uh, what was it on? Was it on Rogan? Uh, Roy Jones Jr. I didn't listen to that one, no. He was saying, he goes, a certain point, man. He goes, lion hat. He goes, baby lion. He goes, he's got to leave the den. Because he, he was talking about how his dad yeah. kind of more or less fucked him over with just being a, you know, like, hey, because his dad was a good fighter, but mm-hmm. his dad was his coach and realized, like, that he was better. And he goes, at some point... You got to get out, son. 
you're going to get pushed to that point. And I've, I've heard this analogy before though, like he was talking about lions, but like the analogy of, and I, I, me personally, like I remember, uh, again, I had a great relationship with my dad. So this wasn't a huge issue, but I do remember like growing up me and my dad and my brother always wrestled. They're always in the, and dad would never give an inch. Right. But then I remember at one point in high school, got to a point where we were wrestling where I was, I felt, Ooh, I'm a little bit stronger than that. Yeah, I could roll this guy up. I could, I could maybe, I could maybe get something here. Mm-hmm. And this is prior to any training that I ever did. Yeah. It was just like I could feel the strength of it. Yeah. That being said, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, though. I was so scared. I was oh, like, yeah. ooh, I don't know if I want to do this because I feel like it's going to end badly. So I didn't. Because I know for a fact, especially my dad, he's very much the type of guy that's like, and which he has said before, he's like, one of us is going to the hospital and one of us is going to the jail. I don't really care which one. Uh, and when you have that mentality, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't want to fight that guy. But, I mean, think about it, though. You know, you're Anderson Silva and you're walking around. You're Anderson Silva. Yeah. Nothing is ever going to change who you are. <laughs> right. And I guarantee that guy still walks to the gym every day. And says to himself, I'm the best guy here. That's who he is. He's a champion. Yeah. You know, and that's something that you can never take. That's like the champion's heart. That's that guy who's always in there and he's always going to try very hard, I think, for that guy to put it down and say, hey, I'm done. Shit, you but, could say that for, uh, um, fuck, what am I doing? Oh, Ken Shamrock, when he was on the yeah. Ultimate Fighter and he just like, I mean, how long had he been out of the game when him and uh, yeah, Tito Tito, and he still had that when he they. He still thinks that way. Though. Well, do you remember on that uh, the Ultimate Fighter when they they played pool? They were playing pool, and it was like you could just see these two guys that were like literally neither one of them were really pool players, but like guess what? They didn't want to lose. Oh, I'm not gonna lose to this motherfucker. No. So, They're coming for the fucking throat. They're going for oh, yeah, that but jugular, coming man. Coming back to the job now. Now that I'm at the end of it. Uh, I don't know how hard it's going to be for me when I retire. Are you doing 25 an hour? I think so. You should. Because of the Just way that 25. things are? Yes. And I'd, I'd like to try something different. I'm literally thinking about doing like uh, 15 an hour. I'm so, well, I'm so like... Luckily, we do not have the sentiment here that they have out west <clears throat> but uh, I think it'll be hard to hang up my guns and be like hey I'm done well I this kind of brings it full circle but like that was one of my arguments too for when a certain supervisor was you should test blah 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 think about your retirement and I said and I told him I said retirement's not guaranteed and I'm not talking about me living yeah through your retirement. I'm talking about getting fucked over by either the agency. I'm with it. But, or but then again. The society, you know, the just general public getting fucked over and me being out of my retirement. So. I'm going to leave something. That, listen, I love what I do. I love being Kane. I love working the dog, man. I love doing SWAT. Oh, I yeah. love all of that. I, to give that up to potentially. Dude, I, like, I, I'm sorry that. The, yeah, I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't. 
How, I don't know. It's it's a what value does it hold for you anymore? It just doesn't. That's what I'm saying. It's like and I, that's I, important. It it's important to realize that it's a job. You know, uh, and and I spoke to you earlier about giving back to the agency, giving back to the people. I've given up. Oh yeah. Shit. I mean, I've given two shoulders now a bicep and a knee. <laughs> I've given enough of my own body and and not to mention mentally. I was just gonna say that has nothing to do with your mental. Yeah, uh, I, I you know I've given enough to the point where um, I can leave and be okay with it, um, provided that I have something to move on to. I I'm not gonna be that guy who. I'm not going to do well sitting around the house. No, no, no. Absolutely so I, not. I well, you, you're, I think if anything is, you know, statistics have proven that just sitting around, that's yeah. obviously not going to be good for you. Yeah. But not just you, but I'm just saying law enforcement in general, you have to have something else to go to. That being said, you don't want to go to, and this is not a knock on anyone that does this, but like, Walmart greeters. You don't want to be a, no, no, no. or a, a public bagger. I'm going to do, um, do something Male that prostitute. I enjoy doing, and I want to work at a place where I feel like we're all united and we have a goal. Cafe risque. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But uh, I want to work with people who want to help me as much as I want to help them. You know Ooh. what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know if that place exists. I don't know if it exists, but I'm going to do my best to find say, it. I was just going to say, where's that place at? <laughs> You know, stay in Florida? Because I don't know where that is in Florida. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, I want to do something where, you know, we have a plan and it doesn't matter if it's selling widgets or just something that something somebody might need and that we're together and if I help you and you help me, we're going we're gonna to persevere and we're going to be successful. That's... That's... I mean, that's great. How hard is that? I... I see people do it all the time. Yeah. I, I would love to... I mean, that sounds great. I just... Finding it. That's I want to work part. with people who want me to be successful as much as I want them to be successful. How crazy right. is that? I don't know. I don't know what's crazy. I'm just... I'm at a point now where I... I don't want to put a number on... Because I mean, I'm lucky enough that I only got to do 25 and I can be done also. Yeah. And I've already decided... 25. I Literally, the day that it's 20, I'm out. I'm not even going to try to do this. I don't give a shit if all three of my daughters still need college and marriage. I'm freaking, listen, I will sell my body on the well, street yeah, we'll corner. Yeah, yeah I'm, and listen, because th- just like we just said, nothing is promised. Nothing is guaranteed. And definitely with this job, well, it is not. Think about if I told you I'm going to give you a job. You're going to get paid $45,000 to start. There's an opportunity for you to get hurt and killed. And, and you know what? Uh, people make the argument of, oh, but, you know, there's a, working on an oil rig is much more dangerous. Yes, but nobody's shooting people on an oil rig, you know? Yeah, nobody's- and guess what? If you fuck up on the oil rig, you're not getting crucified on national television yeah. and potentially, yeah, and potentially goes into prison and losing your yeah. fucking life. But also, you know, the opportunity for you to catch like TB or hepatitis or HIV, you know, get spit on, yelled at, uh, you know, every epithet ever, you know, screamed at you. Um, or even, like you said, the opportunity to get uh, imprisoned by, you know, the job right. that you're doing. Not to mention long-term stress so, and health issues. Yeah. So, and, and working nights and shift work yep. and holidays. 
Um, all that for what we're starting out like now, 46, 47. Good luck. You know, where the median home price here is $300,000. So what do you do with that young person that comes to this job and says, hey, you know, I really want to do this. I, Go I, be a firefighter. I don't know. I bet you do want to do this, but uh, it's going to be very hard. Uh, to I do still it. make the argument that I think when someone says I want to be a cop, you should punch them right in the face. And then you go, you still want to be a cop? Well, I'm, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> but I'm built for this shit. This is what I do. Oh, I... You know what I'm saying? I've told people, uh, I can't, countless times, that if I had any other skills, not that I'm super skillful at this, but it's familiar to me, what, like, I would go do it. But I'm not. Like, here's the reality, is... Should I have probably gone into the military and would I have done all right at it? Would I have made it a lifetime career? Probably not. But I would have I would have done okay yeah. and done the military and been all right. Would I have gotten out of the military and probably ended up in law enforcement? Probably. And guess what? I'd be in the same exact boat that I am now. I would have just been in later. And again, I... Listen, I'm not a welder. I'm not a plumber. I'm not an electrician. I don't have a trade. Uh, I, I, I don't want to by any means say that I'm super skillful at what I do, but I do have some knowledge at what I do now. Like I, I would say that for the most part, there's, there's not a lot of guys on. I mean, we, we have a part-time SWAT team. We have, uh, you know, I'm on a full I'm full-time canine, but... I would say for the most part, there's not a lot of guys on the SWAT team that wouldn't mind going into a room with me. Do I have the knowledge of that? Yeah. Do I uh, understand canine and know what I'm doing for that? Yeah, absolutely. How well does that transverse into the regular world? Not much. But it's not, not much. That, but it's not that. Um, it's your ability to learn and adapt yourself to that situation. You know what I'm saying? To deal with people. Pretty yeah. Simple. Uh, that's what will transfer over. It's your yeah. ability to say, you know, oh, I understand that this is what the problem is. I'm willing to work with you, and this is how I would think we're going to come to a solution together. Right. So, yeah, I think that what the biggest takeaway would be people skills um, and the ability to put them together. I was going to say not get... Not get riled in a heightened situation. Well, yeah. You know I'd what say, I mean? But to put a plan together and execute it to a fruition to where it, it turns out okay. Right. Uh, but you're right. Like I said before, if I'm on fire, nobody's bleeding, there's no emergency, we can fix this. Right. Uh, and, and I think that could transfer over well to the civilian world. You know, oh, yeah. Provided that you're willing to bend as well and realize uh, you don't have authority anymore um, and you're, you know, people can listen to you they can't you can't make them do things exactly so yeah i don't know well listen i think we've been going for uh a little bit now yeah uh bed. yeah let's uh let's wrap it up here and uh you got any closing statements you want to say about yeah, uh be a better parent yeah be better to your children <laughs> don't yell at them I, you know, i'm that same guy oh no. man I think that goes to everybody, right? Just uh, hopefully not just me. Hopefully uh, everybody be better. Everybody. Be a better be parent. Better. Be a better person. And <laughs> realize how good you have it. Oh, yeah. Take the time in your life to look around and say to yourself, man, I really have a great life. Nice. It's incredible. 
There you go. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. Has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but be thankful. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. And uh, we'll do this again soon. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe if you're not already. Go ahead and rate and review it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.